Well, it's good to be with you today, and we thank God for your partnership in the gospel. Todd mentioned that it takes a special couple, but it takes a body of Christ, and um, we're only a small part of the work compared to the many who are partnering with us. And we praise God for your partnership. And um, yeah, we need your prayers and uh, we need the family of Christ uh, for this work because it is God's work. And uh, so it's a, it's a great joy for us to be with you today. And uh, it's exciting to see so many new people from last time and see some uh, old faces as well. And I'm very, it's a privilege to come and share God's word with you because God's word is our strength. Every day, God's word keeps us and encourages us, rebukes us. And so may God be pleased to do that even in this moment now as we come to Psalm 46. So I'll pray for us. Lord, it is amazing to know you, to have your infinite strength so close at hand, to have your saving grace deliver us from darkness and bring us to light. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our Saviour. We thank you for his blood that was shed for the cleansing of our sin so that we could be forgiven. We thank you for being our God. We thank you that we are now united in Christ and can be together today because of you. And so may you be pleased to bless your word to our souls, that it would even have an effect on our bodies, our life. May you just help us now. Help me to get you right And may you receive all glory and may you give us all the help we need. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll keep open at Psalm 46 there. We live in a shaking world with people who shake us. And if we're all honest, there's no shortage of reminders of this reality of the futility that we live in. How can we stand is the big question. And the question needs a bit more added to it. How can we stand in a shaking world in order that God be exalted? Because God's exaltation is the main issue in life. It's not our standing. Our standing is important, very important. But God's exaltation is our one concern. So that's the question for us today. How can we stand in this shaking world in order that God be exalted? Now Psalm 46 contains very strong imagery of this shaking world. You can see it there in verse 2. And I've prepared my message based on the ESV wording. So any little differences there... That's the reason. But in Psalm 46 verse 2, 
we see the earth giving way. The mountains being moved into the heart of the sea. Waters roar and foam. Mountains trembling at swelling waters. Oh, how vivid this reality has been experienced in Turkey and Syria. 50,000 people died. Uh, The very ground giving way. Mountains, which we would normally picture uh, a symbol of unmovable strength. And yet in this psalm, they are intimidated by swelling seas. Although we may not have lived through a devastating earthquake or a tsunami, we still know this, the nature of this world shaking. And we're familiar with bushfires and flooding, with unstable economy and rumours of war and poor health and broken relationships We know what it is to be futile. We know what it is to live in a shaking world. Everything in this life is shakable. And this psalm even takes this reality to the fact that people can shake things up. In verse 6 there it says, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. And in the English translations There's different descriptive words used for mountains shaking and uh, being moved into the heart of the sea and roaring. And it's it's often different descriptive words for the nations raging. But in the original language, it's the same descriptive words. So the psalmist wants us to make this connection that whether it's nature or whether it's nations, people... There's one help that we have and that is the answer. That's the question that we're asking today. How can we stand? How will we not crumble? How will we not fall in all of life's difficulties? How can we stand? And the answer is what this psalm begins with so appropriately. At the very beginning, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The key to fearless standing is to have a superior power close at hand. God is the answer to how we can stand because he alone has infinite power. This psalm wants us to think of his infinite strength. In verse 6, it says how he utters his voice. Just his voice melts the nations. Our God is stronger. As this psalm presents us with the intimidating power of nature and the power of nations raging in war, It opens our minds to the power that trumps all power, namely God. And verse 8 in this psalm, it, it sort of invites us, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. 
He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. This is an awesome power. Who alone can put an end to the evil of war? God can. War can be a force beyond our control in all of man's attempts to avoid and to stop. And yet God alone holds that power. In all of man's attempts to put an end to war, only God holds such authority. This is an awesome thought for my family as we live in a region of Sudan that has only known war for decades. And still the threat of war lingers. Many attempts have been made for peace, yet have failed. Peacemakers seem powerless, yet God holds such power. He makes wars cease. What an awesome truth for us to hold tight to. As we consider the great power of nature, it is also vital that our thoughts go to the source of such power, namely God. This psalm doesn't make this connection very explicitly, but it, it's there. He's the one who makes desolation. He's the one that was behind that earthquake. Psalm 93 Uh, makes a great comparison of the power of God and the power of the seas. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. God is stronger than the most intimidating forces of nature. God's power puts earthquakes and raging nations to shame. In fact, all of nature as we know it, as you know it well, is under his control. Psalm 29 verse 3 puts it like this. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 states this awesome truth. Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. The power of nature is a mere glimpse of God's power, for God is the source of all power. And in regards to the sovereignty of God over the nations, I always find great comfort in Jesus' response to Pilate in John chapter 19, verse 11. Just after Pilate reminds Jesus, Do you know that I have authority to order your execution? And Jesus replied, You would have no authority over me at all unless it was given to you from above. Even evil leaders are governed by God. As Todd has already said, he raises up leaders and he can put leaders away. Oh, to grasp the deep truth of God's sovereignty over nature and the nations. It's a hard truth to wrestle with as we see so much evil around, but it is a comforting truth. 
Because this world is not out of control. There is a sovereign. And as we are confronted by many intimidating powers, powers from nature, powers from evil man, we must remember the one who is over all. We stand in a shaking world by God's infinite power. Now we turn to consider our access to such power or the the near help that it is. You know, we ought to be amazed by God's power. I mean, we just can't fathom his power. But how much more amazement to think that he is a very present help. Such power is there beside us. It's an incredible thought. Four times this psalm talks about this truth. In verse 1, a very present help. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. And verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. Again, we do not have a distant God. Rather, he is with us. Oh, to experience this reality amidst the raging world that we live in. No natural disaster or evil of man compares to the presence of God. I was recently reminded of a child's fear when they come to the ocean. They step into the water and they get pushed around by the waves, maybe even dunked. And there's fear that comes in. But when daddy comes along and holds them there in the water, lifts them over the waves, that fear is turned to joy. Now that's the Christian experience. We should be overwhelmed by the forces around us and the evil and the power, but we should have incredible comfort and joy because God is with us and he's stronger. This psalm has, as we've seen, has very powerful imagery of raging nature, raging nations, even terrifying imagery of God who makes desolate. But in verse 4, we have a change of scenery. And you would have noticed it in the reading of it, an incredible change of scenery. There is a beautiful comparison in this psalm between raging seas and a river that makes glad. So let's go to that scene now. Verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful experience? I love that last line there. God will help her when morning dawns. God's mercies are new every morning. And for every trouble that life brings, God has ordained a morning to dawn, a new day to come. Well, this, as this psalm uses this strong imagery, 
of the raging world around us, it also takes us to a most wonderful place, the holy habitation of the Most High. In this place, the waters are not raging. Rather, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. As we live in this shaking world, we must put our hope and our longing in the city that will not be moved. And Hebrews puts this exact challenge to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. The writer says, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Praise God for that. Don't waste your time banking on this kingdom of Australia. It will be shaken and it will fall. We have received a kingdom that will not be shaken. And thus, the writer says in Hebrews, thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. It is so good for us to lift our eyes to the heavenly city, where by the infinite power of God, he has made all things new, where he will dwell with his people, This is a wonderful reality that this psalm takes us to. But there's also another aspect of this reality that is also unmoving, a place that should make us glad, and that is Jesus himself. Jesus is the refuge. He is our refuge, our fortress. He is the place we go to for comfort and reassurance. He's the, place, he's the one we trust. He is the temple of God. He is God with us. Jesus is the great unmovable place for us to dwell both now and for all eternity. Jesus is what makes heaven so wonderful. He is the one who by his death and resurrection made it possible for us to go and be with God forever. But I don't think we just stop there either with this concept of an unmovable place. For we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We ought to be this place, this place of peace. Do our lives declare the stability of God? Does our gladness bear witness to the Holy Spirit that dwells within us? Do our lives show that Christ is our security? He is our refuge. So this place is heaven. It is Jesus. And we ought to be glimpses of that place here as we live our lives. And this challenge comes to us again in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Um, It's 
It's interesting to wrestle with the context of these words, but in light of the shakableness of this psalm, I think it's a very good idea to think of it, to calm down, to have peace, to be still. You don't have to be pushed over. You don't have to be shaken and crumble like a mountain does at swelling seas. Be still and know that I am God. In all the raging that surrounds us, we are commanded to be still and to know that God is God. If we focus on the powers that are beyond our control, we will be shaken, we will fall. But if we focus on the one who is with us, who is there ready to help us, who will melt the nations, the great unmovable, the the unchanging one, then we will have peace, we will have stability and we will not fear. It can be hard to predict natural disasters but it is very clear that this nation is raging. It is becoming obvious of the roar against God and his people in this nation. And so we have to be still and know that God is stronger. And there's a wonderful promise there in verse 10. And we need to hold tight to this promise. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The fundamental concern for you and I this day is the exaltation of God. It is His honour that we live for. It is the worship of God that is our one concern. The world's raging is not ultimate. God is. And He will be exalted. Don't think for one minute that the world is succeeding. God will be exalted. This psalm reassures us that the exaltation of God is not dependent on a calm and receptive world. Rather, He is exalted in the midst of the raging nations when His people are led to take refuge in Him. He is the one we're trusting. He is our treasure, not what you can take from us. He is our identity, not the shame that you try and put on us. The exaltation of God is not dependent on this of the world being calm. We must be careful not to so compromise the gospel call for sinners to repent in a vain attempt to calm the raging of the nations against God and his people. You're, very, you, you, you're most probably familiar with Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? There's the same word there. Why do the nations rage and the peoples in vain plot against the anointed? And that psalm takes us to God looking on and what does he do? He laughs. 
because he is the one in power. He is the one who will make desolate. They think, the world thinks that their raging will succeed. But God sits back and laughs because although they have gambled everything in their fight against God in their rebellion, they are deluded to think that they will succeed. He will win. And that's the promise that we hold to in this psalm. The world is ignorant of his infinite power that will bring desolation, destruction. We devote our lives to the exaltation of God when we are still in the midst of a shaking world and we know the infinite strength and ready help of God. This reality of God's strength and help is the fuel for us to be fearless and not to be governed by the world's raging. This psalm does not promise a trouble-free life, but it does show the way to stillness and to fearlessness in the midst of a raging world. This psalm gives us reason to be fearless in the knowledge of God and in and in the experience of his presence in our life. And this will exalt him. As trouble comes to us, so does an opportunity to to declare the God in whom we are trusting and to exalt his name among the nations. When God is our strength and refuge, we have the courage to step out with him by our side and declare to the world of his greatness and his salvation. The nations rage in an attempt to lower God, but nothing can move the habitation of the Most High. God's high position will lead to his exaltation. And we ought to be a part of that. The world rages in an attempt to lower God, but take heart, he will be exalted among the nations. Now I want us to take us to another place where be still was commanded. Uh, In the ESV, in verse 10 there, it says, Be still. Now let's go to another place that you'll be familiar with where be still was commanded. A time when waters were raging against a boat and some well-seasoned fishermen thought they were to die. However, one man had peace. He was still and he slept. Wake up, they cried. Don't you care that we are perishing? Jesus stood up and rebuked the raging sea and said, Peace, be still. And the the storm ceased. Now the question that Jesus had for his disciples is the same question for us. It's the question that I hear Jesus ask me all the time. And it is good for our souls to hear Jesus say this. Why are you so afraid? 
Where is your faith? Have you still no faith? What a challenge for us. What we need when we go out into that raging world is we need faith. Faith is knowing the infinite power of God and His ready help and His presence. The evidence of faith is fearlessness. And oh, how good it is to be made aware of our lack of faith so that we're drawn to have a greater knowledge of this God who is ready to help us. To know the God who is with us in the storm. He is Lord. Well, we had a pretty busy season in getting ready to come to Australia. It was very stressful, but so many mercies every day. God is so good to us. I had a lot of building work to do and on a, on a very busy day we had some officials turn up. I was in the middle of concreting and uh, I had to be disrupted, I had to be taken from that work and we sit down and I'm, I'm very curious, why did these men come to us? They sat down and they presented me with a document of 12 complaints against us. No gratitude at all. No thanksgiving for the service we're offering to their people. And they read out complaint after complaint after complaint, all of which were not warranted, totally unwarranted complaints. All the love and energy and money that we had put into this place, our time, all the disabled people who had received help from us, the sick, the middle of the night, emergency hospital runs, giving our lives to help these people ultimately with the gospel, but also helping them in their suffering. And yet there was not one, thank you. How can we help you? <laughs> complaints, just complaints. And I was shaken. My, my, you, could, you could probably see my heart jumping out of my shirt that day. And I was really shaken up. And I knew that this was from a lack of faith. I knew I did not need to fear. But I did. <laughs> and so I, I put my mind on knowledge of God, things I knew about God. In that meeting as I had to listen to man after man. And not just complaints, by the way, threats. Threats that they had power to drive us out of the region. And so I put my mind on the knowledge of God, especially on the knowledge of His love for the least of these. I, I pictured Judgment Day when God separates the sheep from the goats and the evidence of salvation that He's looking for is what his sheep did for the least of these. Uh, I was naked and you gave me some clothes. When were you naked? What you did for the least of these, you did for me. And I, and I just remembered that truth. That those whom we're helping in the Nuba Mountains, we're actually helping Jesus. When someone comes to us with their house burnt down, 
and we give them clothing and food, we're helping Jesus. When someone comes to us who can't walk and is suffering severely, neglected, we're feeding Jesus. And I knew this knowledge of God and I knew in that moment that their arrogance and their pride of these authorities was nothing compared to God's love for the least of these. And God reassured me in that meeting that my heart for the least of these was in fact his heart. And good luck to these men in succeeding. Just to not leave it on that point, there was a peacemaker that came along and has has been working to make peace with these men. And one of the most significant men has, uh, has come around. Many are still yet to come and they're still causing trouble, but God is helping us uh, and bringing peace in that particular situation. And we are very much looking forward to going back and continuing to give our lives to this ministry. Well, as many of you know, you've been with us the whole journey We have lived for eight years under the lingering threat of war. We have witnessed aerial bombardment and heavy artillery. Early days whenever an aircraft flew over, our two youngest, Benaiah and John, learnt that they had to run to the boulders, to the rocks, to take refuge. We learnt the reality of God being our refuge in a very powerful situation and it was a sweet, sweet experience. But this psalm and the reality of God being your refuge is just as true for you here in Australia as it is for us in a war-torn region. Don't be distracted from taking refuge in God. He's the first one that we must go to in all of our troubles. And he is so good and so present to take on board even the smallest of our difficulties. He wants us to take everything to him in prayer. Don't be distracted from taking refuge in him. Run to him. Take all your fears and anxieties to him. He is near you. Know Him. Get to know Him more. May our fearlessness be a wonderful pointer to the reality that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And He's more than a refuge. This psalm uses another word, fortress. The God of Jacob is our fortress. May God be exalted in our lives as the world sees us take refuge in him. May they see us unmoved by the opinion of man. May they see us calm and peaceful, not fighting back as I like the way your translation put it, Stop fighting, but have peace. 
May the world see the great refuge that we have. Take heart. The exaltation of God is imminent. He cannot be moved from his high position. Be still and know that he is God and he will be exalted among the nations. Amen.